Hello again, everybody. Welcome to LJN Radio and this installment of the LJN Radio Quad, where our four hosts come together to talk about some employment-related topics. Now, today we do have a new member joining us, but first we'll make some introductions. I'm Tim Muma, your host here today, but we also have with us Ashley Fitzgerald. Hello. Carrie Freitag. Hello. And the newest member today, Mitch Ray. Hello. All right, well, we're going to jump right into it because as per usual, we have some great topics and they kind of run the gamut of what exactly we're going to talk about. Uh, We're going to kick it off with Ashley, who is uh, discussing something that uh, I am definitely a part of. Yes. So uh, recently I've come across a lot more people wearing headphones in the workplace. And um, personally, I don't have the option to do that with my role. Um, And so I kind of just wanted to get feedback overall on, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Um, You know, my thought to me is, why is somebody wearing headphones? I mean, I never really know why. Is it to block out sound from people around them, Mm -hmm. the chit chat? Is it because you're really just focusing in on one thing? And for me, I can't focus when I have music in my ears. So it's just interesting to, you know, kind of, understand why people would be wanting hear- to headphones on to kind of focus on it. So I don't know if any of you here in the room specifically use headphones throughout the workday. Why are you wearing it? Is it good or bad for the company overall? Um, there's a lot of articles out there as well that say by wearing headphones, it actually eliminates the um, co-worker piece of it. So maybe ideas aren't always being bounced off of each other as much as they should be. Or it's a little awkward to get up and go over to try and talk to somebody in another area and you realize they have headphones on and you can't get their attention. So um, what have you run into? Do you think it's good or bad for people to wear headphones? I'm used to people wearing headphones when they're trying to concentrate. At uh, one place I worked, the billing department, at that time of the month where they're doing all the billing, they're wearing the headphones to block out everyone. They're dealing with lots of numbers in detail, and they don't just want to avoid all the extra little distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, in a previous uh, position I held, you know, a lot of us recruiters, um, we were uh, we would have a couple hours blocked off during the day where, you know, it was kind of like a do not disturb on the company messenger. And we knew that was time to really get through some more of the housekeeping administrative tasks. And given a lot of the various noises you do here in office, you know, chit chat in the background, phones ringing, people dropping something, (laughs) you know, you get kind of the whole gamut, um, having kind of that consistent white noise, you know, in, in your earphones, um, at least for me, um, when I had that opportunity, it was really nice. It allowed you to kind of really zone in and focus on really powering through a lot of that um, for, you know, being able to go through a couple hundred resumes in review. Would I recommend it for the entire day? No. There's <laughs> Unless you're, you know, just there doing resume review for the entire day, which I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think for smaller chunks throughout the day, you know, there might be a time and place for it, but, um, you know, you definitely kind of set those boundaries. So for the two of you, they literally were just wearing them, like they they didn't have music on or I think it was just noise canceling kind of thing or? No, they would have music oh, on, okay. but some people it was just easier to block out yeah. the music than block okay. out the chit chat. Yeah, it's hard for me because I'm in a little unique situation because I am listening to our podcast to make mm-hmm. sure that the audio is all good there. Um I can see it both ways as far as, Ashley, you mentioned the idea that you're not having that coworker um, intermingling and maybe those ideas pop up. Uh, some would argue that that's exactly why I wear my headphones, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about mingling with the coworkers. Uh, 
I love my coworkers. Sometimes I want to get work done. Um, so I can see it both ways. I have gotten in the situation, of course, where my headphones are on and somebody called my name or walked past and, you know, you're just, you're totally in your own element. And obviously you're working, but if you had your headphones off, then you could have that conversation. Um, you know, just like, like a lot of things, I would just say it's, it's so much dependent on the workplace. Um, maybe mm-hmm. you have that, maybe and that's a good idea. Maybe you have an hour or two set aside where, Hey, this is what's going to be going on. I know we used to have here the, uh, the signs that said it was power hour mm-hmm. and nobody was supposed to disturb you. Well, maybe mm-hmm. if you have the headphones on, that's the idea. Um, you know, as far as the music, I like listening to music. Sometimes the music we're playing throughout the office isn't uh, what I want to listen to. That makes to. sense. So I want to sure. get rid of that noise. So I have my own noise. So, um, yeah, I, I can see it both ways. And, and I think you got to make that call on your own. But if it is affecting your coworkers, if it's affecting your mm-hmm. team, that's where I'm sure a manager is going to come over and say, hey, we got to figure something out here. Right. Yeah. And there's also a lot of health risks out there, too, with prolonged usage of headphones. Hmm. So uh, something I came across in researching this topic, but something also to keep in mind if you're one of those people who wear headphones all the time. Great. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah, same here. Our engineer, our engineer <laughs> just said she's one of those. So good luck to you. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move forward with that. Uh, really switching gears completely. The idea that I had that came up was uh, confidence versus arrogance. And it's one of those things that to me, there's, of course, a fine line with that. Um, I would anticipate if I asked all of you, is confidence a good trait that you're looking for, whether you're hiring somebody or whether it's an employee of yours? Um, you know, they're all nodding yes, by the way. Uh <laughs> Obviously, that that is the case, and then you have the side of arrogance. You know, where where what is that? Well, how does that cross the line? I mean, you know, this comes up a lot with athletes. I mean, I've coached, and obviously, I love sports in general, and it just seems like so many of them seem arrogant. But hey, they're probably to that point because they were so confident in their ability. So, I guess my question for you, you know, how do you detect that difference? How do you determine if that candidate you're looking to bring in is? confident in their skills because, hey, you need to pitch yourself or are they just over the top arrogant and you're like, they are not going to fit in here? Um, or are you able to determine that employee that, yeah, they they know what they're doing versus they think they know what they're doing, but they can't handle it. So I just wanted to get your take on some of your experiences. I think I can grab this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, you know, there uh, there is really that one defining line. And I think, uh, you know, the difference between arrogance and confidence for me uh, arrogance, there's a lot of I, 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 hmm. um, and little less talk about, you know, what else can I possibly learn or how else can I better myself? Mm-hmm. Whereas confidence is, you know, acknowledging your achievements, a lot of we, knowing perhaps maybe it wasn't just you that got, you know, to the accomplishments that you've you know had up until this point. Uh, but then also understanding and sharing that, okay, I've made it this far, but I also know they have a lot to learn mm-hmm. still. So for me, that's, you know, and that can be derived out of a variety of different questions and it may just, you know, present itself in a conversation without, you know, being provoked. But um, for me, at least, that would be the defining, you know, the defining line, you know, the eyes versus the we's in those conversations. Usually the confident people have something on their resume that supports the reason that they're confident. And I think some that lean more towards arrogance they don't have the skills in the background <laughs> to back it up. And when they come on the job, then it's going to really show through whether they were just confident or arrogant. All right. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to interviewing, um, one of the traits that is really bothersome to me and does really portray uh, being arrogant is that they laugh at your questions like, well, that's a dumb question. Why would you even ask me that? Really? You know, something <laughs> like that. So uh. to me, that's, you know, the confidence there is just 
it's not there. It's it's complete arrogance. Um, I also think uh, kind of to Misha's point, too, is that, you know, as a confident person, you're willing to take feedback or to um, be able to say, yes, okay, that makes sense. I I could do it that way instead. As an arrogant person, nope, my way is the way that it's going to be done. I'm not going to listen to any additional recommendations. And as a leader, you definitely have to have a lot more of the confidence than the arrogance piece. And that's what I I think I look for specifically. So you've had people uh, laugh at questions before Mm -hmm. in an interview? Yeah, same with me. Yep. <laughs> Just a simple tip, folks. Uh, you know, you're the one trying to get the job there, so it's probably not the best route. I want to ask a follow up really quickly, and uh, Carrie, I'll, I'll start with you just because um, give you the opportunity to chime in. That that line between confidence and arrogance. Sometimes it's not necessarily in what people say or what's on their resume, mm-hmm. but just how they look. I mean, uh, I admittedly went through this even when I was in high school. Um, you know how you carry yourself. I tend to just walk upright, head up all good. You know, I, I feel it's a confident walk. Some mm-hmm. people thought oh, it looks arrogant. Um, what do you see from people that would give away confidence versus arrogance in their face or their body language? Is there something that you would point out or that you would notice that would be like uh, that crosses the line in some way? I think somehow with the eye contact, I think confident people will look at you and those that are arrogant kind of look above you like they mm. feel that they're you know better than you. Interesting. Well, you guys. Point. That's a really good question. I think the confidence for me, and I know it's a well-known fact, is a strong handshake when you first meet them. Um, it, the arrogance, I don't really know necessarily what would come off of that. Of, you might just feel it in some it, way. Potentially, think, yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and just knowing I got this. I, yeah. you know, Before even going into the interview, just kind of having that, I, you know, I can do this. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really tough for me to judge a book by its cover until they open their mouth and all don't. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's been a lot of people where I've seen, you know, and once you get to know them, you're like, wow, I really had no idea they'd be like that. Yeah. What is the, I'm paraphrasing, I think it's uh, but better to better to keep quiet and be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. I think that's what it is. <laughs> Nailed so, it. Same thing applies. <laughs> same thing applies with the arrogance piece, I think. All right, good. Well, some things to look out for, I think, uh, for individuals who are maybe they're interviewing or maybe it's just with your colleagues or employees that you're, that you're working with. Um, so moving to the next one, uh, we're going to ask Mitch for his opinion on something. And obviously we'll get the get the voices of all of us in here. Um, the idea of job hopping, I find this interesting, some of the stuff we talked about off air. Yeah, and this was a, kind of an interesting article, um, kind of hits home for me uh, more than one way. And I think now with the way that, um, you know, the economy's kind of, sh- you know, shifted um, from five years ago and then just kind of how things have evolved over, say, like the last 20, 25 years, um, job hopping is a real thing. And there's how do you define it? And is it good or is it bad? And so one of the things that, you know, this article went through was, um, you know, there was a, a nationwide survey that was taken where it reported that 55% of employers uh, reported hiring a job hopper. So obviously there's more of them, classic quote unquote job hoppers mm-hmm. available in the in the talent market than, um, than not. Um, but, you know, is job hopping bad? Is it good? You know, and, and that's one of the things I think most people are torn on. And the main uh, focus of the article was, you know, job hoppers make great sales reps. Hmm. And it kind of went into, you know, their ability to adapt because they have been in a variety of different settings. Um, you know, varied experience, kind of being a jack of all trades versus, you know, being a master of one or having, um, you know, a specific niche. And then they're always motivated by new opportunities, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
what the article kind of really got down to is, you know, saying, okay, great, job hoppers do make uh, great sales reps. With regards to those varied points, the key measure is how do you retain them? Right. And that's, you know, that's really the the X factor that kind of left the, the article for you to make your mind up on. Well, with that, I mean, I guess my first thought, of course, with job hoppers, traditionally the thought was they're bad for business because there's probably something going on there. Like they're the common denominator that something's going on there. Um, and as I said, Mitch and I talked about this off air yesterday, I think it was, or a couple of days ago. And, um, you know, I think the idea that with how it happened with the economy, I think that does play a factor. I think people are sympathetic to the fact that, hey, you were maybe – had were laid off in some situation or you saw a better opportunity and it didn't work out or maybe it was a part-time thing or a temporary thing. Um, so I, 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 to me, if I was hiring or looking at somebody, I wouldn't necessarily think it's a bad thing automatically. Um, although I'm the person, I'm the type of person that isn't like, you know, I'm not, I'm also not looking at hundreds of resumes, so don't get me wrong. But I'm, I'm the type of person that wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want to eliminate this person just because of that. Like, you don't want to miss someone great because they have one flaw of some kind. Um, but I also understand the difficulty in that if you have a hundred resumes, you got to weed out mm-hmm. some somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, I, 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 in the article, you know, mentioned things like adaptability and just having that varied experience, um, network, having a, a broader network probably than somebody who's worked one place. Uh, so I can see a lot of positives. Um, but obviously they're still in the back of one's mind. Like, they're, are they only going to be here for three months? I think I'll be here for six months. And that obviously yeah. is all of us knowing here. And for, I'm sure a lot of you listening, it's way more expensive to have to go through that process again than to just keep waiting until you find that ideal person. So I guess that, you know, that's my thought. But obviously we have a couple of experienced individuals here too. My concern is always the, the time that it does take to train the person mm-hmm. that's coming in. If it's a job that doesn't take long to train someone and you can bring them up to speed, then you can take the chance on the job hopper. But if it's a job that takes six months to fully learn and they're only going to be with you for eight months, you know, it really wasn't worth your time right. of bringing them on board. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree from a training perspective that depending on the role, um, you know, you're probably more apt to want to hire a job hopper or not to, depending on the training. Um, however, I also think that, you know, a lot of times the job hoppers are out there because they maybe started in a career that they didn't mm-hmm. end up liking or, um, you know, they're feeling like they're not being challenged any further. And so they actually want a better challenge. And so um, I think in those cases specifically, it is much easier to hire them when you know that and you're the, they're just really looking to better themselves. I know quite a few people, um, not in sales specifically, but in different industries in which, you know, they've maybe had three or four jobs in the past two years. And I always ask why, you know, why are you mm-hmm. switching that? It doesn't really look good on a resume. Why are you doing that? And it comes down to the fact, better benefits, mm-hmm. better compensation, better hours. That's why they're moving. And so I think as employers, you kind of have to take that into consideration and um, either up your game so you don't have the job <laughs> hoppers leaving you or, you know, realize that when you're also looking at employ- employees to bring on. I think it's a good point. Um, and Mitch Mitch had mentioned that too, just the idea, um, you know, yeah, if there's just more opportunities and it just keeps happening that quickly, so be it. I mean, you can't really blame anybody necessarily for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, Mitch... What's your overall take? Would you lean toward yes to job hopper, no job hopper? Um, I think it really, you know, you really kind of got to dig in, you know, understand why they left. Um, you know, as long as it was voluntary, then that that's <laughs> right. a good start. Um, and then really understanding, you know, kind of the differences between the jobs. You know, hmm. there could be it could be someone that's just right out of college, like Ashley said, where 
even before and then making that transition after college, they're still in kind of their formidable years because you have an idea of what you really like, but you're not exactly sure what precise route that you want to take that's going to, you know, I guess play off of your best strengths and be something that you want to continue in as a career. Um, so I guess there's really no one, you know, line in the sand right. you can draw for every single person. That's kind of a case-by-case basis. Yeah, and I'm sure people are like, well, isn't that obvious for everything? But, I mean, that really is the case. I mean, mm-hmm. you need to know what you're looking for as an employer. And if they fit the bill, despite the job hopping, maybe it mm-hmm. still works out in that way. And, um, you know, just quickly, we, you know, we do webinars. And, Ashley, you mentioned the reasons why maybe you left. That's a play. That's where you can put in your cover letter, possibly, just to mention that you've had these great opportunities you've been able to move on mm-hmm. so that it doesn't look like, you know, maybe you weren't leaving voluntarily for some reason. But so I think definitely uh, some good information there. People can use that uh, as far as their hiring goals, or even if you are that job hopper, maybe a way to, uh, you know, portray it as a positive. Uh, the last topic we're looking at is a little bit of a different take, talking about vacation and how it's actually uh, probably good for you. Mm-hmm. Carrie? There's been this TV commercial running about people leaving vacation on the table. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what they're trying to (laughs) advertise, so it's not a good advertisement. But for me, that's an absurd idea. I mean, if you give me vacation time, I'm going to use it. Mm. So in case anybody needed encouragement to use their vacation time, I thought we could maybe discuss some of the benefits of actually taking time off and stepping away from work. I can start because I personally hate taking vacation days. I hate taking PTO. Everybody knows this about me. I uh, feel like I take two steps backwards if I do take a a day off. So um, I thought this was definitely an interesting topic. And uh, I will admit, though, there's always one time a year that I take a week off to go somewhere, uh, Mm -hmm. travel somewhere. And when I get back, I'm fully regenerated, ready to go. I think I, um, you know, take a different approach to a lot of things. And I think um, I'm excited to get back to work. You know, I think once you take that off, it's like, all right, I'm excited to get back to normalcy. <laughs> a lot of times it's <laughs> kind of how I feel about it. So I thought, you know, I definitely, while I don't like doing it, I think there is a lot of pros to taking vacation and, um, <laughs> you know, to your point, yeah, you got to use it. So <laughs> use it up. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that sounded like sucking up at all, but <laughs> I don't like vacation. I don't like getting paid. I don't like, I don't like it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I can appreciate that. I, the benefits, I mean, I think definitely it is that kind of being able to recharge, um, you know, especially you go through a, maybe a really intense stretch. I know for sales, obviously end of the year kind of idea. And, um, and for a lot of people, you, you take that time off during the holidays and it's difficult sometimes to get back, to get back in that swing of things, the normalcy, but uh, I can definitely see just that recharging portion of mm-hmm. it. Um, I also, I know in the article it mentioned about, um, you know, the workplace isn't necessarily a place for inspiration um, that you find that elsewhere. It's stuff that you would do without getting paid or that, you know, maybe you just never got a chance to do. Or maybe it is traveling. Uh, maybe it's just spending time doing something on your own. Um, so I can see that being great because then you can bring maybe some of that that thought, that idea into the workplace. Maybe there's something you came across or that you could try to implement. I think I think that's a cool way to, to utilize your vacation. Um you know, I, I just think that's the biggest thing is changing it up. Even uh, last week, I had to work from home because of just the weather situation here. And I, I felt even that was a recharging because it's a different environment. I could move around like in my house where I was working because that, you know, that just maybe there's better sunlight here. or Maybe I need to sit upright as opposed to being slouched in a desk chair, you know, that kind of thing. So um, so little things like that, I think we don't realize can affect 
just your brain and just mm-hmm. your attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Ashley, you come back like ready to go. Like, okay, I had that break. Now I'm, it's like starting fresh again. So um, as you said, Carrie, I don't know why you'd want to leave any vacation <laughs> on the table. And it seems strange to say that, but um, those are some great examples. And I know the exact commercial you're talking about. I have no idea what it's for either. So <laughs> anyway, that's my take on it. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, all around, obviously, the number one reason would be obviously to recharge your batteries. But, um, you know, continuing to have a separation between your personal life and your work life, you know, I think that's important. Um, you know, I've been in situations where they kind of bleed into one another from, you know, having a work at home environment. And that's tough. You know, on face value, you think that's the greatest, you know, setup in the world <laughs> until you actually get into it. And then it seems like you never actually leave your work. And so that can, you know, uh, you know, tend to have a tendency to cause an unhealthy environment. True. Um, so that, I guess that's my take on it. Just, you know, continuing that separation between the two. Mm-hmm. So since we have a couple minutes here, what is your, what is your go-to vacation or your dream vacation if you haven't done that yet? My go-to vac- oh, oh, sorry. My go-to <laughs> vacation is Mexico. Mine's Las Vegas. Oh, Ooh. oh, nice. <laughs> I'm hoping to get back to Puerto Rico. Wow, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. I probably just go like spring training, Arizona. You know? <laughs> well, but that's that's always baseball. a fun and interesting thing as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have to get back there one day. But anyway, all right. Well, we are fresh out of our topics today. Of course, uh, we encourage you to send in any suggestions you might have if there's something you want us to talk about. You can shoot that email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. Maybe if you have any interesting stories you want to share, we're always willing to listen to those. And maybe we'll bring them on the air as well and get a shout out from, from Mitch or Carrie or Ashley or myself or one of our other hosts there on LJN Radio. So for everyone here today, for Ashley Fitzgerald, Carrie Freitag, and Mitch Ray, I'm Tim Yuma. Take care, everybody. Take care.